there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Neal the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Oh, 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 oh the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. Welcome to the NBA, my friend. Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh, no. Right Don't let him throw it down like that. Victor on the depot. Throws it back to Oladipo. Stevenson behind, drives inside. And the foul. Lance Stevenson. And a chance for a three-point play. He just headbutted the Stanton. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod podcast. Welcome back to Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook, and sitting next to me as always, Eric Hawk and Jake Light. Guys, what's going on? Uh, just got back from Cleveland. Uh, obviously, I was with you at the uh, Pacers game last night, so that was a, a great turn of events. Obviously, it ended very well. Um, just good time to be a Pacer fan. Yeah, I'm fresh off a Halloween party last night, a little hungover. One as a Jedi Master. You guys dressing up as Halloween for anything? No. No. We've uh, reached that age. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm coming close. I'm yeah. almost, almost I might dress up as Ty Lue. I haven't done a costume party in like, Four or five years now, so yeah, we're getting old. Yeah. What was your last costume you remember wearing? Darth Vader. Uh, oh. Jake from State Farm. <laughs> so just kind of just kind of threw on a Meyer red shirt and he just... picked the cheapest costume he could think of and he went with it. Very cheap guy. So two of the two of the last three of our costumes were Star Wars related. So that's that's something to think about moving forward. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's get to topics at hand now. The the Pacers played three games this past week. Monday they played against the Timberwolves in Minnesota, and then they played against the Spurs in the middle of the week in San Antonio and just wrapped things up on that road trip. Playing against the Cavs Saturday night, they went 2-1. and one. They had that loss to start the week off against Minnesota. Um, they lost 90, or excuse me, they lost 101-91. to So what were some of your thoughts on that early game in the week, you know, a week ago, but still, what were your thoughts on that loss to the Timberwolves? Um, obviously, Pacers didn't look great. Um, I think I was a little more disappointed in our fans, actually. After the game, they were just basically, you would have thought we'd just lost, like, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals or something. I mean, they were, like, counting us out um, very early in the season. There's going to be bumps. There's going to be bruises. The thing I did take away was just how bad Tyreek Evans was. Our second unit was god-awful. In fact, um, I think the game kind of came down to our second unit just getting outplayed and McMuffin uh, not getting the starters back in early enough in that fourth quarter. You're, you go into the fourth quarter, I believe, up one, and then all of a sudden it's like a 10-0 run. And then you let it get to like 14-2, to and it's just like it's over. 
So, uh, McMuffin earning his name there. And uh, second unit, worst game of the season. Might be the worst game they have the entire season. Yeah, Timberwolves outscored the Pacers 29-18 to 18 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I just our shoot. We didn't shoot the ball well. We're at thirty nine percent from the floor, and I wouldn't. I don't take too much stock into it because we just come out the next night and we played really well against the Spurs. So, as long as this is just an anomaly, and you're going to have these. Nobody wants to play in Minnesota. I mean, they probably were at the Mall of America. All Jimmy day. Butler doesn't want to play in Minnesota. Exactly. So nobody wants to play in Minnesota. It's just one bad game on the road early in the year, I and mean, we were still figuring things out. I think. These last two games, you know, we're getting better offensively specifically. So that's what I like to see. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Doug McDermott, um, I don't even think he scored. Did he score? He did not score. Uh, four fouls, uh, no assists, no points, no buckets. No for two um, from three. Just, it, it was just a very bad performance. I think you, you can chalk it up to that. Um, if this game happens in, like, mid-January, even mid-December, heck, maybe even a couple weeks from now, no one cares. But it's so early, people are still hardcore paying attention. So that's what that game came down to. Wednesday night, they followed up after that loss in Minnesota and played against the Spurs. So that was a blowout. They won 116-96. to 96. So what were some of your guys' thoughts after that watching that game? Uh, the Corey Joseph revenge game, plus 30 on the court. Very efficient shooting, 50% from the field. And then Sabonis just doing Sabonis things. I mean, the guy's an absolute animal. That dunk he had in the first half was electric. Victor Oladipo, plus 25, I thought. Everyone played well besides Darren Collison after he'd been taking some heat. So yeah, Collison, and it was one of Bojan's uh, poor shooting nights. But I mean, he picked it up these, those, the next game, so I'm not really worried about he, that. Here's all you have to know about Darren Collison in that game, which Bogey was even a little bit worse. But you win the game by 20, and your starting point guard's a minus one in in the plus minus category. That's not great. Um, Collison's been taking crap from me. All year, um, so he started to take some crap from other Pacer fans as well. Um, the big thing for me, Oladipo, super efficient. Um, he was seven for twelve, seven for twelve, three for six from three, and Oladipo just controlled the tempo basically. So um, when Collison's not stepping up, you're almost better off just pulling Collison out, uh, throwing some bonus in there. Uh, you know, Thad played a little three that game actually, which I really like. So. Um, what it comes down to for the Pacers, if their second unit can get those easy buckets, uh, McDermott, 10 points, uh, Sabonis doing what Sabonis did, and then Corey Joseph a plus 30, um, Tyreek Evans a plus 29 after being terrible the game before, I mean, that's huge. If, if the if Pacers can get that night in, night out, they're going to win more games than they lose, obviously. What about TJ Leaf? He was 0 for 5. Yeah, TJ Leaf, uh, even last night, was pretty god-awful, um, but obviously we're talking about the Spurs, but... Yikes! I mean, he he's he's just not looking good whatsoever. Um, and I love the people already calling him a bust because he probably is a bust at this point. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. <laughs> all right, Saturday night Pacers going to Cleveland. A very short uh, roster. They had, it didn't have Kevin Love, and then I think they had a couple of players hurt. So and, and that roster and that roster is just coach. not good at all. So uh, they went into Cleveland. They won one nineteen to one oh seven. The first half was actually pretty close. I think the Pacers were only up by five at halftime, and then after that they just came out in the second half and completely destroyed the Cavaliers. So what were some of your thoughts? Hawk, I don't know if you actually were able to watch the game, but just being a stat watcher, box score guy, what what were your takeaways from the game? Yeah, I got really drunk in Indy and, and performed some Jedi mastery, I will say, at the same time. But I can just see, as a ad plays here, but I can just see from this that we, we shot the ball really well from the field. Um, we didn't turn the ball. We had 15 turnovers. We had eight in the first quarter, I think it was. So 
we, we clamored down a little bit, and then I don't even know, did T.J. Leaf play? He played five he minutes played and five, he had zero points. So, I mean, he was really bad. Leaf he game. was really bad. we got to get Kyle O'Quinn more minutes. Did not play a coach's decision. I, I don't agree with that. But, you know, from everything I heard, I heard a little Mark Boyle on the way down, and he was he was pissed and he was happy. It's just typical Mark Boyle and Aussie. <laughs> well, I – we were never going to lose that game. I mean, it was just the Cavs are god awful. We played terrible. We still scored 119 points. We played terrible. I mean, we're just letting them get to the rack. Sam Decker getting trash buckets early and often doesn't matter. We're just vastly superior to them. Uh, one of the big one of the big things I thought coming into the game was that it was a great opportunity uh, for Edmund Sumner to get uh, some run with that second unit, um, and he played him with the second unit. I have. Around seven, five, six, seven minutes, and minutes. I don't even know if he touched the ball more than once. Um, they just—he uh, was just completely misused out there. And well, then on a, offense, like game, he just stood in the corner. They didn't—he has to have the ball on offense, or at least be some part of the offense. And he just stood there in the corner when he was in on offense. And the thing I hate—I hate about this—is he's on a two-way contract. So unless we give him a guaranteed contract. We're just wasting these games for him. Like, he's good enough to play. He's better than... And last night was know. a great time for him yeah, to play. Yeah, he, he had a great opportunity, and they just put him in and stuck him in the corner, and I hate it. I hate it. If you're going to stick somebody in the corner, stick Dougie McBuckets in the corner and let Edmund Summer make a play so he can get a wide-open shot. It makes no sense. What about uh, Bogdanovich last night? 10 from 14 from the field. He made two threes. 25 points. Yeah, I love when... Bojan's our leading scorer. I think we got to be like undefeated because you know Vic's getting twenty, Sabonis is getting a double double, and all these other guys are going to chip Absolutely. in. Absolutely. If Bojan's your leading scorer, we're going to go undefeated. Eh? Yeah, I think one of the big things. Uh, Turner actually looked pretty good on the defensive end. Uh, of course, he only had two rebounds, so that might be a season high for him with two rebounds there. Uh, so good, good for him. He, he was really crashing the boards. I'm being facetious, obviously, but he did block a few shots. Uh, kept Thompson off the boards. Um, yeah, Collison was better, but six games in, do you think Miles Turner's improved this year? Coming in from the off season that he supposedly had, uh, I really, I don't see it. Uh, he's had sparks in, in the post. Yeah, I think he has he's a little moments. better post game. Yeah, other but than, other than that, that, he's not. He's yeah. still not an aggressive enough rebounder. No, I still think he shoots the ball pretty well, and you know he he's looking for open guys. Uh, he does a lot of things well, but I don't think he's making the, that improvement that we were hoping for. Chris and I were discussing this on the way home, which is, this is absolutely nothing. So, um, but would you rather have Sabonis starting, and then have a guy like? You know, a guy like Larry Nance Jr. who can average double double. You know, coming off. So you're saying you're For, getting rid of Miles? No, 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 no. This was a hypothetical. Would you rather have Sabonis starting and then having a guy like Larry Nance who's got making half the amount of money that Turner's making, automatic double double? I mean, every time we play Larry Nance, I feel like he's absolutely he absolutely kills us. He's six or eight from the. The, the field with 15 points, so... And 12 rebounds, 4 assists. Yeah, so I don't know why he doesn't get more minutes. I don't either, but... But that's a, that's a different discussion. This isn't a Cavaliers podcast, but... Absolutely not. I definitely think I would rather have Sabonis starting. And maybe playoffs, maybe that's the rotation we'll go with, maybe. I don't know how long you can, you can go with saying Sabonis isn't the better player. Yeah, right now, I think potential-wise, Turner, but Sabonis, when he made that three the other night... You can't tell you me Sabonis frisky, doesn't have just as good as potential, if not close. Yeah. There's only one thing that he has that, you know, 
Turner doesn't have going for him in the potential category. And that's smoking cigarettes. Well, that, <laughs> and he's just not as long. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Turner's just long. Um, he's a little more athletic. He but... punked us with the haircut, by the way. We haven't even yeah. talked about that. Last week we did a live reaction to the haircut, and yeah. then it turned out to be... We should have known all along that was just fake. Yeah, Very distasteful from the Pacers, I will say. <laughs> um, Kind of talking about that Cavs game there, and I know we didn't want to say this is a Cavaliers podcast, but I tweeted this out last night during the game. Oh, baby. And it got some, like, it was, it was like a, it was a, one of our biggest hot takes because people were, like, pissed off about it, and then half people were like, yeah, you're right. I'll tell you what, though. It's not a hot take. <clears throat> Go ahead. Um, yeah, I don't think it was that much of a hot take, and I wasn't expecting this kind of reaction, but I said, because I was talking about it during the game, and I said, take the contract out of it, which is really bad. George Hill is going to make $18, $19 million for the next two seasons. I said, but George Hill would be the perfect point guard for this Pacers team. We got fans in here watching this that are shaking their head yes. Yeah, we got a live audience. We got a today. live audience, and they're shaking their head yes. Um, it's not a hot take, people. Just because he played on our team before doesn't mean that you know we want him back or anything. But his skill set, he's a much better defender than Collison. He, he can shoot just as well. He's a better shooter than Collison. Collison just gets wide open shots because no one respects him. And it, it, it is what it is. He's a better fit for us than Darren Collison. That's it. I will say I don't think it's that much of an upgrade, but defensively specifically, yes, it would be huge. <laughs> so we got the audience yeah. they wanted to trade for Larry Nance and George Hill in the yeah. package deal which yeah, yeah I, I, it's, I it wasn't it wasn't something that I thought was like because people are like thinking when I say perfect point guard that you know Steph Curry. Yeah, Steph Curry. Like, yeah, obviously that's a perfect point guard for the Pacers. A lot of people, a lot of Pacers fans, what they do is they judge George Hill off of, you know, his four or five seasons with the Pacers earlier when the Pacers did need a point guard that could, you know, create offense, get to the rim, uh, kick and, you know, just find, find the open man, things like that. And they don't realize, too, is right now the Pacers have two guys that can do that who aren't point guards in both lineups, and that's Victor Oladipo and Tyreek Evans. So that's why I thought George Hill would be perfect because he can shoot. He can be a better defender than Darren Collison. Yes, he's not that much more of a significant of an upgrade, but defensively, I think he would be way better than what we have right now in Collison. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, yeah, I think you're completely correct. I, I'm starting to think that maybe Collison, I just don't know if he has a spot on this team. If we, I mean, if he can't be a starting point guard for us if we're going to make a run in the playoffs. I, so, I, yeah, one of the prizes we got was, no, he would not, short and sweet. <laughs> uh, he got nine likes on it, so people are obviously agreeing with him. He doesn't make anything happen offensively, consistently. Don't need him to. Uh, and Darren Collison does, so okay. Uh, Collison will be gone by the trade deadline. Some guy did a gif that says delete on the keyboard, just delete. Um, some guy says he doesn't like that, Michael Scott. Another guy says he isn't a point guard. Well, yeah, he's not a point guard, uh, but the Pacers have, you know, guys, in, like I just said, in both lineup that create can their create their own shot I mean, and shots for others. Point guard in Orlando, so he's pretty, thank God for the Orlando coach. Then. Yeah, we won't spend too much time on this because it's not going to happen. I just thought it was a fun hypothetical, and a bunch of Pacers Twitter fans are just That's still like butthurt about him from a couple years ago. They think he was like the they always they judge him after the Kawhi Leonard trade, and it's just it is what it is. Yeah, so I mean, we definitely lost. That <laughs> yeah, they're not over it, and, and I mean I understand, but anyway, this week the Pacers have on the schedule three or excuse me four games they play monday versus the portland trailblazers 
Wednesday night they play in New York against the Knicks. I believe it's their first televised game of the season on national TV. Friday they have the they play at the United Center in Chicago against the Bulls. Saturday they play at home against the Boston Celtics to wrap up the week. So what are some things that stick out to you guys when you look at the schedule this week? Uh, I, I don't think there's any way in hell we're going to lose to the Knicks. Yeah. I, not on national television when we need this. I and mean, right now the Knicks are, I believe, one and four. So they've only won one game to start off the year. Yeah, well, they're overachieving because that roster. Or excuse terrible. me, one and five. Um, but yeah, the Knicks. I think Portland's going to be tough, although we do get them at home. Uh, Chicago. I don't want to call Chicago a gimme because they can be a little frisky, but um, they've been doing some nice things. And then Boston's always going to be tough. But I think if we go two and two, we'd be solidly happy, but I think we definitely potentially go 3-1. and one. Yeah, like I said last week, if you're listening to this podcast, you know I nailed it on the head. I said if we go 2-1 and one this week, we're fine, we're looking good. This week, if we go 3-1, and one, I think we, we're really good. And then 2-2 two and two is, that's probably realistic, but if 3-1, and one, we're a good team oh, yeah. and we're here, we'd be either Portland or Boston. Those are tough games. That Boston game on a back-to-back is going to be tough. I'd really love us to see us come out tonight in Portland and at home and, and beat, beat their ass. Yeah, and the thing is... Uh, you need one of these games at home. You got to win one of these two home games. Yeah. So maybe are you three and one? Three and one is if we do three and one, I'm happy. Yeah. Two and two, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy, but I'm not sad. Yeah. You know, I'm, kind yeah. Of, I'm in the middle ground. I'd yeah. say three and one is definitely uh, realistic. What I see happening, but I wouldn't be shocked with two and two. I don't think they'll go. That I don't Boston think they'll sweep game, the week. That Boston game is going to be a fun game. I think we lose there. to Portland. The first time we see Boston this year, you know, all the hype, you know, around both teams. That'll be a fun game for sure. I think so, we win the last three. I don't think we – I don't know if we can – Let's go ahead – before you, before you okay. finish that thought, right, let's, let's predict it. it. So, Monday okay. versus Portland, win or loss, go. Loss. I'm going to say win. Damian Lillard is going to absolutely have his way with Darren Collison. I'm just going to say win. He's going to Jimmy – he could Jimmy Butler Collison's wife. Should we put a bet on it? No, I'm not betting against the Pacers. I'm exactly. going to cheer like hell. I mean, what do you want me to do? Wednesday at New York. So right now you're at 0-1. You're at 1-1, one, one, huh? That's or 1-0, oh, sorry. 2-0. Oh. Oh. New York. Watch the floor with them. My, Madison Square Garden. Might be a 30-point game. Yeah. All right. We won't spend too much time on that then. Friday night in Chicago. That's 3-0, and oh, baby, to start the week going into the back-to-back. 2-1. and one, Easy win. Uh, I love it. Got to guard Levine, though. I'm a little, a little worried about that. Yeah, definitely. All right. And Saturday versus the Boston Celtics. What you got? I'm going to give us the win. I'm going to say we go 4-0 and this week and we, we turn <laughs> the NBA upside down. I should have known I should have known coming from you that if we did these every single week, the Pacers would just be undefeated each That's week. That's the one the that we're going to have the t- hardest trouble with with the back-to-back and, you know, potentially a tough game at Chicago. But I actually think we win. I actually think we beat Boston. Um, so people are going to hear this and say, wait a second, if you think Damian Lillard is going to mop up Collison, why wouldn't you think Kyrie Irving is going to mop up Collison? He's been uh, shooting number really one, poorly. he's been shooting really poorly. And number two, they don't have a role guy that rolls and forces you to help the helper. Uh, he, uh, you know, Horford's more of a pick and pop guy. Um, so I actually like our chances. I'm actually a little more worried about our second unit in the Boston game, but neither here nor there. I still have us winning. I have us three and one, losing tonight. Hopefully, Bain, is Baines is his injury long longer term, or was it just a one game thing? I think it's just a one game thing, right? I was hoping for no Baines because you know he is good at defense. Yeah, Kyrie to start the year off fourteen points, he's averaging and five point five assists. Not great. Not great, Bill. But he wants to be there long term, so maybe that's a good thing. Right? That's what he says, but who knows? I feel like he's just feeding them some BS right now, and then he'll split for New he York City. Like Kyrie at all? <laughs> no, not at all. All right, so that's going to wrap up that segment previewing this 
uh, upcoming week of Pacers games and also reviewing what they did this past week. Next, we're going to get into some fan phone calls that we got for the week. So we'll dive right into those after this. You know, ever since we started Born Ready to Pod, people have been asking us for advice. Usually it's how many games will the Pacers or insert NBA team here will win this season. The truth is, I don't know. But if you think you know, you got to go check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to us. And that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code READY to activate your offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code READY. That's R-E-A-D-Y, when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid. And a lot of people are down miles of throat about not rebounding, which is cool. He should rebound more, but nobody on the team had more than five rebounds. Corey Joseph had five rebounds. Our backup point guard had five rebounds. Just as many as DeMontis Sabonis. So, and what I want to kind of touch on quick is for the people who are giving Miles a lot of gripe about not rebounding, I think his rebounding should come more on the offensive end. That way he can probably get a lot more putbacks. But I'm not really getting on him about the defensive rebounding simply because if he's our rim protector, um, the team has to do something called team rebounding. That's just my personal opinion. Um, also, we we got to capitalize on our free throw shooting. 18 to 26, 20, what, 69% as a team. Victor, please make your free throws. We need you in clutch time. When the game is on the line, we're up by three. We need to be able to give you the ball so you can seal the deal at the line. I know it's early, but I feel like he'll be able to get that together. Um one other thing, our defense in the first quarter, I think our defense overall picked up as the game went on, but the first quarter was just terrible. We got 30 points to the Cavs who don't have LeBron nor Kevin Love. And it just, the first quarter just did not look well. It did not look well at all. Um, but all in all, I did like we, we kind of bounced back. I think Miles had like three blocks. Um, we had like 60 points in the paint, which is good, um, considering we didn't shoot a lot of free throws. But um, all in all, it was a decent game. We finally pulled away. I liked um, some of the timeouts Nate took. I, I don't really want to drag on Nate too much. But you guys let me know what you thought about the overall rebounding of the team, uh, not just Miles. If you want to give your outtake on Miles, I'll be glad, glad to listen to that. But as always, Stay born ready, guys. It's a good point by Dewan there. Dewan, thanks for the call, by the way. Loyal fan, we love you. Um, but, yeah, it, good point. 
Uh, everyone does whine about Miles' rebounding. It's because he's not a good rebounder. Um, even in games like this where your backup point guard's got five rebounds, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can't, you cannot have your twenty million dollar a year center getting you two rebounds. Even five rebounds is disrespectful. I mean, that is just bad. It's not good. But like you said, um, it was more of a gang rebounding situation because of how many threes uh, the Cavs put up. So obviously, three balls when they're missed, longer rebounds, yada yada yada. And so, um, yeah, your guards and your forwards are going to get more offensive and defensive rebounds in games in which three pointers are being put up from you know everywhere on the court so um overall of course when you win games it's a lot easier to stomach but i think i think hockey will agree with this like yes miles turner needs to get more rebounds i mean is that not the easiest thing yeah to i say? love how dewan said he, he thinks he needs to get more offensive rebounds which i agree with wholeheartedly yeah dewan great point but you're not going to be a good offensive rebounder if you're a bad defensive rebounder i mean it just doesn't switch you got to have the knack for the ball positions key and he just physically he just can't get in the positions I feel like and that's his biggest weakness we talked about this earlier I feel like we're going very in deep with the rebounding of the team and I love every second of it but I agree you can't have your backup point guard getting more than your 20 million dollar man Dewan 100% right and that's been the problem that is the problem right now and I don't it's not a huge issue because when Sabonis comes in there he cleans them up so maybe the way to fix it is just start Sabonis I mean but what do I know I'm just on a podcast. <laughs> I, I'm not against the start Sabonis movement, but I do think before we completely give up on Turner's rebound ability, we might need to put a call in at North Korea see if we can get Dennis Rodman in. Get him in the gym. Uh, him in the gym. Just you know, teach him a thing or two, dude. It's about reading the ball. It's the trajectory of the ball. I don't know how else. I mean, you just gotta you gotta read the ball off the rim, and you just gotta be ready to pounce on it. You can't just be standing there wondering where it's gonna bounce off of. I mean. I, I, we could probably do an hour on. He needs a little more the, junk in the trunk. Well, let's move on to his second the, the, the point. His second there. point: yeah. Oladipo's foul shooting. Yeah, Oladipo's foul bad. shooting. He's shooting fifty-three percent for the year. He's god awful at free throw shooting. If you could have one guy on the team to give, you know, shot for your life, if he misses it, he dies. I don't want Oladipo anywhere in the mm. gym, anywhere near it. He's god awful. We need Crean up here. We got to hire Tom Crean as like a, a Pacers assistant coach for a couple of days, and just they just need to focus on free throw shooting after every game. It's honestly terrible to watch, and I'm not happy about it necessarily. It's the one big flaw in this game right now. Yeah, he's not good at free throws. But it hasn't really mattered. So as long as he makes them in the clutch, I'm not gonna you know raise too much hell. I believe in Victor, but it's gruesome to watch. Teams are just going to start fouling him. I mean, they, I the mean, Hackovic. the Hackovic. I mean, you drive to the lane if you. Make any sort of play towards the basket, we're just going to foul you. Yeah, and he's going to have the ball on those end-of-the-game scenarios, so we better hope he, he figures it out soon. All right, let's move on to our next question. Hey, this is Farmer Fran. Yeah, I remember that one time my dog Bobby Chase all about half time, and my dog whoop his ass? Yeah. I couldn't understand a word of that. Uh, I heard whooped Pacers ass, so he's probably a Minnesota fan. Some Minnesota farmer calling into the show pissed off. That made uh, no sense, but, you know, I can't disagree necessarily. Yeah, I, I think he's, he had a good point. We didn't play very well Monday. Um, he was probably this guy. I just imagined this farmer. <laughs> <laughs> being out, um, being out on his whatever. What's a far piece of farming equipment? He's out on his uh, plow. He's out he's on his plow. He's just plowing the ground. Just he just hates his life because of the harvest, and he's just you know just needed to come in and complain. But not all farmers talk like that. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, at least if he, what, no matter what he does, at least somehow he knows of the podcast <laughs> and the hotline number, so he felt like 
he took the time out of his schedule to give us a call, so I do appreciate yeah, call that. Back. Yeah, give us a call <laughs> back, <laughs> Slurdat. All right, let's move on to our next phone call. What's up, guys? This is Kyle Cook. Love the show. I uh, just wanted to call in after tonight's win in Cleveland. Uh, talk about Miles Turner for a little bit. Um, I just wanted to know your guys' opinion. Um, after posting games in Minnesota with three rebounds and tonight with only two rebounds, uh, am I overreacting in thinking that Miles Turner is two plus Charmin on the boards? Uh, slower. The answer to that question is no, I'm not overreacting, but just wanted to get your guys' thoughts too. Thanks. Have a good one. Well, listen, Miles Turner is absolutely terrible at rebounding. We all know it. We're all learning it today on this episode. It's a very in-depth look at his, his rebounding life and career. It's awful. If you want to know our takes, just rewind two minutes or go to the beginning of the podcast where we talk about it. He sucks at rebounding. Very bad. Next question. Hey, this is Larry Bird. I just want to say y'all do a really bang-up job with this podcast. And uh, and I'd really like to have you guys down to my sweet French Lick, Indiana. Have you shoot some, some baskets on my uh, on my barn that I live at. Maybe go to the casino, hit up some wine. Uh, that'd be a good time. Again, this is Larry Bird. Uh, love what you guys do and keep up good work. Bye. I would love to be in French Lick with Larry Bird shooting on his little gravel basketball court that made him a legend. Fun story. He invited us to the casino down there, and there was a time I went to a wedding in French Lick at the casino, and I ended up winning a grand through the night, and we drove back later that morning. But awesome night. I've never had a bad time in French Lick, and I can only imagine it gets better if I get to visit Larry <laughs> Bird's farm and shoot some baskets. The thing about Larry, uh, Larry, first off, thanks for the call. I knew you were a big loyal listener there, but, you know, I think the one question that you know we have for you is, what do you think about Miles Turner's ability to rebound? I'm just kidding. Oh All right, God. next question. That's actually it for the questions. <laughs> now we're going to move on to oh, one of our favorite segments. It is time for Around the Association, presented by Born Ready to Pod Podcast. All right. First up, the 0-6 Cavs fire head coach Tyron Lue Sunday, a day after losing to the Pacers at home. Larry Drew takes over as the head coach. A report from The Athletic is claiming the team players are pissed. Thoughts? I think if you're going to fire – so first off, I tweeted this out earlier, was it was kind of shitty of the Cavaliers to fire him six games into his first season as a Cavaliers coach, uh, taking over for LeBron at, you know, at the beginning of the year. But re- really – being on the real side, I just think it was completely pointless to have him even start the year because if you were leaning towards firing him before going into the season with the Cavaliers, then you should have fired him in the summer. Now they're stuck with Larry Drew for the rest of the season who has proven that he's not an NBA basketball coach. And uh, it, I don't know. I just thought it was pointless. I think you stick should have stuck with Lou at least for the rest of the season, then fired him at the end of the year when they – you know, finished 13th or 14th in the East. I just thought it was a complete, completely stupid move to do it at this point in the season. Breaking news: the Pacers have killed Tyrone Luke. I mean, they complete they revenge game though complete, from the Pacers. Uh, we just it was revenge. We went out for blood. We smelled it. We didn't even play well. Still, just kicked the ever loving crap out of the Cavs. Um, and, and you know what? Lou's gone because of Victor Oladipo. What a great. 
uh, Photoshop uh, job by Chris Cook there. Uh, the end him Snapchat. World Com- Snapchat. Not Photoshop. All snap. Oh, all, I, I apologize. All born ready to pot images are done in Snapchat. I apologize. But we killed Ty Lue. Um, I think he'll get another shot somewhere, probably some desperate team. But I think the biggest problem was the young guys weren't playing well, especially Colin Sexton. He was just he's just not playing well at all. So they just wanted to change it up, um, and just a new voice. I mean, the team sucks. Ty, Ty Lue sucks. I mean, it was going to happen. What about your thoughts, Hawk? R.I.P. Ty Lue, killed by Allen Iverson in the finals, and then re- reincarnated, and then again killed by the Pacers in 2018. Love it. Screw him. He's gone. I hate the Cavs. <laughs> All right, next, I was doing some internet browsing, some Google searching here, and uh, Kylo Quinn happens to be the third highest player in player efficiency rating in the NBA. Damian Lillard is one, and Sabonis is 11th. More playing time for O'Quinn, possibly. Hopefully he gets more than eight minutes because the PR, uh, it shows your efficiency rating, usage rate on the, when you're on the court per minute. And O'Quinn, when he gets in there, he rebounds and he gets buckets, so... I like Kyle Quinn. I do. I would love to see him take over for TJ Leaf's spot yeah. as the four or four or five, him and Sabonis on the bench. I know this whole thing about spreading the floor and, you know, having shooters out there, but how many shots has TJ Leaf made this season? I know he's been hurt, but how many shots in his little playing time has he made? Not very many. I think TJ Leaf has proven that, you know, hopefully, I say this every time when I talk crap about him. I think he's proven to us that, you know, that he just, he doesn't have it. And O'Quinn, when he's gotten playing time, he's been up there on his boards. Uh, he's a guy that you could just throw out there, and you know he's going to go out there and be physical down low. And he's not going to finish the game with two rebounds if he's playing even a minute. Exactly. Uh, he's he's a better option for us than TJ Leaf. Fact of the matter is, we had to give up a first round pick to acquire TJ Leaf. Obviously, that's how we drafted him. Uh, so it's just pathetic. I mean, he's going to get more opportunities just because they don't want to admit there was a mistake. But at some point, winning basketball games has to come um, before making yourself look good. I, I would, I would like to think that. Yeah, um, it's reasonable. So, reasonable. Um, and so, yes, I would definitely say it's time for Kyle Quinn to take those minutes, and he could even slide in. Uh, you know, if you want to go Turner and Sabonis, because you got to cover up for Turner's rebounding. Seriously, not even trying to restart a conversation, but um, you could slide O'Quinn in as you know the, star, the number five in the second unit and kind of rotate him in there with those guys. I think yeah. it would work out pretty well. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on. It's just kind of funny to see O'Quinn up there with like Kevin Durant, Jokic, Steph yeah. Curry, and he's third in the. Well, I'm not going to argue with stats. Yeah. You know, stats yeah, yeah, tells yeah. us he's stats the third best real. player in the league. Okay, next up we got LeBron James passes Dirk for six all-time on the scoring list. Can you name the top five? Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yep. Jordan. He is up there. But Kobe. He's, not two. he's up there. He's not two. Carl Malone's two. Carl Malone's two. Kobe, MJ, and then five is? Mike, I have a wild guess. Is it Moses can you, Malone? No. Can you give me the he's era? for like 25 years. He scored 100 points in a game. Will oh, Will Chamberlain. Chamberlain. Yep. Okay, so roughly 7,000 points away from number one, LeBron is. 25 points per game at 75 games a season is 1,875 a year. We'll break his record. We'll break the scoring record in his fourth year as a member of the Lakers. Also interesting to note, five of the top sixers played for the Lakers. Screw the Lakers. Yeah, screw the Lakers. Thoughts, Chris? <laughs> uh. Yeah, he's going to get the record. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He's got definitely more than four seasons left in him. and uh, I don't know. I don't really care about points scoring. He's played, and he also has played, he's been playing since he was the year after he got out of high school. So 
he's had plenty of time to do it, and obviously he's, if not the best player of all time, he's one of the best players of all time, so it's not a surprise. He's still got probably, what? how many years do you think he's got left? I'd say six. six At least six solid seasons. I don't think he's like 33 or something like that. I could see him playing close to 40 and still being productive. Well, he's starting to try to change his game a little bit too, um, trying to get those young guys involved. I think that'll help prolong his career. Because even the thing about LeBron is when some of these scorers lose it, they're done. Like, okay, I no longer have that quick first step. The thing with LeBron is he's still going to be able to facilitate, still yeah. going to be able to do those little things. So I do. I, I want to see what he ends up on the like career assist total, like yeah. at the end. He's going to be top five assist points, and or top ten assist rebounds and points when he's done. I, I mean, he's going to statistically go down as the And then also, do you think part of it is because, and we haven't talked about this yet, is he has admitted to giving his two sons, who are both – teenagers or the other one's close to being a teenager he gives them wine yeah. so do you think maybe you know he was around 10 11 years old he was you know taking in those alcoholic beverages do you think that plays a part now in his game today first off i think he should be in prison <laughs> i mean this is child neglect at its finest but um i'm assuming he's probably had wine when he was a young kid right is that what i mean Take a guess. I had my first beer when I was nine years old. My sister told me it was a root. I think it's safe to assume. I, I think it's safe to assume most of us most of us have had alcohol at a very young age. Yeah, I don't knock him for that. I don't. I don't give a shit. They don't live in the world that we live in. LeBron James and his kids live in this fantasy world where they're the richest like family ever, basically, and uh, like their dad's the greatest NBA player ever. Like, it's not a pretty real much world, age. So I don't hold them to age the eleven, and their world is pretty much twenty one and ours. Yeah, exactly. So. so they live in their own crazy world. Good for them. All right, Zach Lowe thinks Jimmy Butler will be traded Wednesday. Rockets four first-round picks still on the table, and they're waiting because Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight can't be traded within two months of being previously traded. They think those are the contracts they are going to make it balance. If Minnesota says no to this, they are completely stupid. Uh, they're not going to get a better off than that, I don't feel like. Four first-round draft picks, yeah, the Rockets are going to be good. They're going to be late 20s. But, I mean, you have got to make that deal – if you're the Timberwolves, what else are you going to get better than that? Well, much. Yeah, and the thing the thing about this deal is, are are the Timberwolves going to be able to finagle a way to not get any restrictions on the last? I would be aiming if you want to put restrictions like protections on those first two picks. Fine, I'm down with that. Um, but the Minnesota Timberwolves should be pushing to have those unprotected first round picks because Chris Paul will be. Retired. I mean, you got to remember, it's not you know four straight years of picks. This is over an eight-year yeah. time period. In eight years, James Harden's not going to be what James Harden is. Obviously, Chris Paul will be retired for six years and eight years. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's safe to say, in like yeah. eight years, they could be one of the worst teams. That's what I'm saying. So you accumulate those picks. I still like Chris. I still think he has some talent. I mean, he's he's a big goober, but he's a good one to get. And you know, Brandon big Knight goober. is just. <laughs> Huh? A big goober. He's a big goober. That's, um, that's been Dan Amore's thing since day one. He's always he's said, I'm just going to increase our chances. We're going to get one title. Has always been his goal. So this would be going all in, I think. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if you're going to give up four first-round picks and then just lose the Warriors again. That doesn't sound and look so at how they've thing. started off two now, the Rockets. I feel like the Timberwolves yeah. Yeah, like Timber should make the call and say five right now. See what yeah. happens. The, the, the scary part is with this, is do you really want to give up the picks to make this your window? I almost say, you know, maybe not I because I still don't think Jimmy Butler even puts them over the. I don't think that puts them over the, the over the Warriors. You gotta, yeah. If they take Mello, 
Also, the best part was over the past week, Mello went up for his patented where he goes up to rebound and says, get the F out of here or give me that shit or something. And he went up to grab the rebound and he said that and the ball bounced right off of his hands and went out of bounds. <laughs> it was awesome. If you haven't watched it, I recommend it. All right. Next up, we got. I'm just going to run through a quick rankings, see what a uh, playoff picture looks like right now. Is we this got, the last one? This is the last, last one, one. And then we got one Pacers news. Yeah. Sure yeah. Throw in there. Um, we got in the East, Bucks six and zero, Rockets six and zero. That's not right. Uh, the Bucks are six and zero. The Raptors are six and zero. I accidentally put the sounds Rockets better. Then we got Pistons four and one, Pacers four and two, followed by Celtics, Heat, Sixers, Hornets. Round out your eight eight seeds in the East. Interesting fact: Wizards are one and four, not in the playoff picture right now. And in the West, we got Warriors, Nuggets, Pelicans, Blazers, Grizzlies, Clippers, Spurs, Jazz, Rockets one and four, Thunder zero oh and four. Awesome to see that. Big games tonight: Pacers versus Trailblazers Monday night, Rockets versus Bucks, and then we got Pelicans versus Nuggets, and that should be Raptors versus Bucks. I keep misspelling both of those on my notepad here. But interesting fact: Do you think the Rockets or I did it again? Do you think the Raptors are still bad? I th- I think if I'm doing my early season overreactions, and you have a point. No, go ahead. My no, early yeah. season's overreactions. I think if you know, I look back at our. Free agency roundup podcast and our central division preview podcast. We look like complete idiots if we're having an early season overreaction because the Bucks and the Raptors early season six games into it look really good. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard obviously doesn't look like he's missed a beat. Uh, the guy is out there playing like he did. I mean, last year he wasn't hurt, let's be honest. And Danny Green gets slept on a lot. Yeah. Defensively, yeah. Shooting. Kawhi didn't want to play in San Antonio. It wasn't the fact that he was hurt. He was fine all along. He just didn't want to play there. And, I mean, they look really good as well do the Bucks. Is Jake going to yeah. die on this hill? The Raptors are bad? Uh, I never said the Raptors were bad. I simply thought that they were probably the – I think I had them as the fourth team. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, they were it's never going to be bad. Uh, it's very early. Um, I still, I think I'm a little more worried about the Bucks now, though, because honestly, the way that they play, I think, will cause the Pacers more, you know, more problems in the playoffs. Yes. And they shoot a ton um, of threes. They shoot a ton of threes, and they're able to get those threes on open looks because Giannis is. You guys got to remember, Giannis can't shoot, and people know that. So they just back off, and he still figures out a way yeah. to get in there. I mean, he's just yeah, so long and athletic. Crazy. Um, I think the Bucks will cause us more problems than Toronto. Uh, Danny Green, absolutely, that's the key right there. I mean, he is just—he's just playing lights out. Yeah, and OG, uh, their defense yeah, leader, absolutely, they and they can guard guards. I think easy. if I—if I had to re-rank it, obviously, I think I would have the 76ers in that four spot. I'd probably have the Pacers still in the two spot, and then I'd probably say Toronto will end with as the number one. What seed. about Boston? I, I don't really like Boston, really. I think that they're struggling. they got to figure out what's going on with Kyrie Irving. I, I think that's huge. It's a long season. Um, There's a lot of yeah. moving parts there. I the, still think Boston's really freaking good. Yeah, and the other thing I look at when you say that is the the Wizards obviously being 1-4. and four, They were a team that I thought, you know, we say every year, when are they going to do it? Dwight Howard I don't think has played a game yet, but I don't think he really makes that big of a difference. But Western Conference-wise, it's – you don't really have much time in the Western Conference to slip up, even if it's the beginning beginning of the season. Now the Rockets are going to get it together; they're going to be a top seed. Uh, but like the Thunder, I don't know if I agree with that. The Thunder, before we were recording this podcast, they are they haven't won a game yet. I know they do play Sunday night, but uh, they haven't won a game yet, and they're people are really high on them going into the season. So I think 
it more more impacts you now what your record looks like in the Western Conference than it would in the East because it's a lot easier to make the playoffs in the East. And if you go through rough patches like this during the season and you're a Western Conference team, it's the difference between being in the, the eighth seed and the third seed. Top to bottom this year so far, I think the East has impressed me. And if you think back to the our preview show, I was trying to make an argument that the East isn't that much worse than the West. Just saying. Just saying. And I also said that the Bucks would shoot a lot of threes because that was Budenholzer's whole thing was everyone too done that as well. So, I mean, if you're a fan of the podcast, you know that we never say anything wrong. <laughs> never. Exactly. I, do, I, I, did, I think I disagree with Chris, um, and it's not a big disagreement, but I, I just don't see Houston being – when you say like a top seed, are you talking like top three seed? Like a top four seed. Okay, so, yeah. well, I can see them being like a four, but the, – they're not they're not spacing it out at all. They're just not doing it. Carmelo can't space the floor out because he's not a natural catch and shoot three guy. Uh, something's got to give there. I think losing Trevor Ariza really hurt them. Uh, Lucas Mbamute, if I said that correctly, I should get ten dollars. But he's a he's a he was a guy they missed as well. I mean, it's just they're not the same defensively. It I just received ten dollars. Uh, but that that's it. I, I just I just don't think they're the same defensively and they're not shooting as well. Uh, and James Harden's not gonna bring anything defensively when he gets back. So I think they'll still make the playoffs of course, but I don't think they're a top two seed like I predicted earlier in the season. So Yep. All right. Next last thing we got Tyreek Evans being late to practice. A lot of rumors floating around. Apparently this might not have been his first time. Him and Vic might have gotten to an altercation is what we just heard recently. I don't know. I don't know if I believe any of it. I just think that it doesn't matter if he should, he's late, in my opinion. He's going to go out there. He's been a veteran for so long. He, You don't need this guy to totally buy in. He's on a one-year deal. You just need him to lead the second unit, in my opinion. I, I see wrong. what you're saying there, but I also I also see both sides of it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely you don't want it to be a recurring thing. Like if this keeps happening, then yes. And this had to have been like a I'll like a week, like a time. few days, few practices. This wasn't yeah, just one day same of time, practice. You get a veteran a day off of rest too. So is it really the worst thing in a game we won? Like I, it's it's frustrating and annoying as a fan, but I wouldn't look too much into it. I think the thing you make a good point, and I think my point would actually I'd still use your point where you're like, oh, he's he's on a one year deal, you know. My argument for that would be absolute dime there by Andrew Luck. What a throw to T.Y. Hilton. Anyways, I think my argument would be I'm not willing to risk our team culture for a guy on a one-year contract. So, like, if you notice what what Tyreek said was this is – he said this is the most – professionally run team I have ever been a part of. Like, that was definitely written by the Pacers, not him. I'm sure, but he said it. I mean, I can't help it. I mean, I, I think that speaks volumes. I actually think the Pacers look great, and if Tyreek Evans conforms, that's huge down the stretch. I mean, that's something you can hold over players, and guess what? It, it, didn't matter. And if you want that to happen during the season, you want it to happen right now at the beginning of the year. This isn't something you want them to start showing up late to practice a month before the playoffs. Yeah. Did McMuffin want? <laughs> did McMuffin want Ty Lue to not get fired because he, he he did not play Tyreek Evans? Did he know something where if they lost, that Lue was going to lose? Hope not. I hope Nate Mellon knew he was going to get fired and went for the throw. That's what I hope <laughs> oh yeah, that was the revenge game. He was he was going for it. And that wraps up around the association. Another great segment in in the podcast. Always a history. great time. All right, next up, we're going to talk about who's your favorite. Sports announcers of all time. For me, I've always had a soft spot for Brent Musburger and Kevin Harlan. They've always been my favorite. Locally, Daenerys as good as anybody, I think. And I also think that uh, Mark Boyle's as good as anybody locally. And then you got to throw Al Michaels in there. He's He's got the history. Gus Johnson, obviously, is great. Anybody else we're missing? 
I'm just you hit on everybody I like. Love Harlan, uh, obviously Kristen Airy, absolute legend. Um, the, my guy is Gus Johnson, a hundred percent. Just, he, I mean, the all-time line. You, he's got running from the cop speed, and then he's just like in trouble for a game or two. Um, just huge stuff. Um, Gus Johnson just gets pumped up. It, there's nobody you want calling a college basketball mm-hmm. game March Madness uh, than Gus Johnson. He is just he gets the crowd fired yep. up. He gets you fired up. And then, uh, you know, anytime a big touchdown, I mean, anything, he's just got, his voice just goes zero to 100 real quick, yep. real freaking Ooh. quick. Oh, whole squad on that? Whole squad on the real crap. I actually like the announcers that you can make fun of, so I'm going to put Chris Collinsworth in there just yeah. because every every time I see him on TV, I just get a big laugh at the way he looks and the way Al he talks. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth is such you're a dynamic missing, duo. You're missing you're the highs and all And that. then also, I'm going to give an up-and-coming one yes. up to Jason Witten yes. because he's so bad and he's so fun to watch. What about Booger? We got to respect Booger. Yeah. He's not as bad. I find myself going on Twitter and just searching Jason Witten and every Monday night What's to see. Line? The line you kept saying on the way home. I, it was, you got to throw to the open. <laughs> I don't know if that was the exact video, but he's got a video where he says that, and that was the end of his thought. The best thing is people make fun of Jason Wynn a lot for it is he will just start like a sentence, and then he doesn't know where it's going. <laughs> he just finishes with something random, like you got to throw it to the open. I like uh, the, the one, the, the other guy I like, uh, Tony Romo. Yeah. I mean, he's just... He's actually really good at like telling you what's getting ready to happen, and he's able to do some other stuff. It's really fun, but I, got I hate I hate when they go to the replay. He's like, oh, oh I don't know. He is really close here. Oh. What do you guys and think? Like, and people are always 50-50 on this guy. Joe Buck. Uh, you I, either like love him or you hate him. He's and people been in are so many big playoff baseball games for me, I and him. I think he can get hype when you need him to. I don't I don't understand the hate for Joe Buck. I don't either. I like Joe Buck, and and he lets the game kind of have some air to it. Like he's not yeah. constantly shoving it in your face. Personally, I, I've heard the Joe Buck hate, but I know no one that doesn't like Joe Buck. So I think it's one of those internet fake things that I hear. Yeah, fake internet things. And he's great. Uh, he did a PMT, pardon my take, interview. Yeah. He was great on that too. It was yep. like man card. You know, he was just he's just talking <laughs> like one regular of the guys. Dude. He's just one of the guys. All right, we got any more announcers, or is that it? I think that's wraps it up. All right, well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode recapping what the Pacers did this this week and also what's upcoming on the schedule for the Pacers next week. Um, in the meantime, though, we've been pushing this hotline to you guys. We've had several different phone calls. We did a show on it the other day. We had like seven or eight of you guys call in. We just had three or four of you call in, including Larry Bird and that farmer. Uh, but the number to call us is at 765-416-3170. You can call the hotline at any time, 24-7. Leave us a message. doesn't matter if you call it 3 a.m. If you want to call it 3 a.m., my phone's not going to ring because of it. It just goes straight to this Google Voice account. It leaves, a, it leaves a voicemail. So you won't actually be talking to us. You'll be leaving a voicemail. Leave your Pacers NBA thoughts. It doesn't have to be, you know... It doesn't have to be about the Pacers. You can talk about anything NBA with us. Uh, you can talk about anything personal. Yeah, anything actually. <laughs> you want to call in and just, I mean, if you want to vent about something, life's, life's rough for you. You're going through a rough patch and you, you need someone we're to talk to. to. We're here to we're here to listen. So Anything but Miles Turner rebounding takes. Yeah, I'm, kinda, I, I'm done. I'm yeah, done. I'm done with him. I'm done. Uh, it's, it is what it is. Either he's going to pick up the rebounding or he's not. So And I, I might <laughs> stop talking about Darren Collison being so terrible because it's just the same stuff over and over. Like These are just games at this point all right well that's going to wrap up this episode we will be back with you guys next week and george hill's the perfect fit for the indiana pacer squad Ooh, good night and good luck <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>